0: What are we talking about? Right, 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 and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Corn pop was a bad dude. Whoa! Corn pop was a bad dude. Whoa! Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about? Welcome right to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is producer Juice. He's the truth box, ladies and gentlemen, just living life all day, telling the truth. What do you get to say to the people out there in the right and wrong audience today, my friend? That you can have a new year, but it don't mean Jack Diddy if you don't have a new mind. I'm telling you that you can buy a new car. But if you put the old man in a new car, you still want to have the old experience. I'm telling you that a new house doesn't make a new marriage. I'm talking about a new outfit doesn't make you a new person. And if you think that when the clock strikes 12, you are magically going to be a new person. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You're just going to be an old person in a new year because new life. Doesn't come by the ticking of a clock on a wall. A new life comes from a new mind and a new way of looking at your life. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Just truth in it all day, every day. Great job, my friend. Great job. Well, on today's show, we got a lot to get to. Getting back from the holiday break. Going to give you a little rundown of how that went for us. And uh, we'll get into a few of the stories of the day, like, um, you know, how the president was not invited or actually specifically asked not to come to Pope Benedict's funeral. And, um, you know, we might touch on that uh, sports story with the player from the Buffalo Bills and that injury and the reaction from that. Um, we also have a great come on, man, segment of the day lined up for you guys. We know everybody always loves those. That's going to be uh, surprise, surprise, going back to the old well from libs of TikTok. Always provide us some great content. That's a great, great account. So we'll uh, have something pretty cringe-worthy for you at the end of the show. So before we go over and get into that stuff, though, I do want to just remind everybody out there: please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to us. Write up a little review for us too, if you don't mind. Tell everybody uh, how awesome it is to hear a real thick Boston accent uh, out there, and maybe, maybe even mention how I got a little bit of a lisp from time to time. That's great too. So just give us a little bit of love out there, please. That helps the algorithm. Um, you know, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and share us around with a friend too. So please, please, please help us grow this show. All right, Juice, what do you think? Is it about that time to bring in our good old friend, Mr. Rick Flair? I think it is. I can hear him warming up over there. You guys know that that means only one thing. It must be showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 We ended up making a stop in Washington, D.C. and spent the night there to break up the trip back to South Carolina from Boston. It was more or less my first time being there. Um, I'd gone as a child, but I honestly don't remember it at all. So the Ruka family got to take it all in as a couple of first-timers. First, I have to say, wow, what an impressive city that place is. I was in awe the whole time. I get that the appreciation would most likely fade with the more time that you spend there, but, you know, I was blown away by it. It feels like everywhere you look, there's a building or a monument that holds a significant place in our nation's history. Being able to see that and feel that in person is more powerful than I could have ever imagined. History has always fascinated me. Not just U.S. history, but world history and human history. Anything to do with ancient Roman Empire will certainly scratch my historical itch. Visiting a city like Rome is most definitely on my bucket list. So when I speak with people who have been to Rome, it always strikes me when they describe looking down a city street and just seeing the Colosseum sitting there at the other end. That's how I felt in D.C. looking down the street and just seeing this massive dome structure that is the Capitol building. Or looking down another one and seeing the White House I understand that D.C. hasn't been here as long as Rome has, but even still, I had that same feeling of appreciation and respect for the history I was witnessing with my own two eyes. And guys, that history is our history. It's American history. If it's true that people these days have a lack of respect for history in general, then it's most definitely true that people here in America have a lack of respect and appreciation for American history. In fact, the left will try and convince you that our history is evil and racist. All I know is my grandparents were born here in America, my parents were born here in America, and I was born here in America. That makes my nationality American. It's true that I have descendants from Lithuania, Ireland, and Canada, but I have no historical connection to those places. Those ancestors that immigrated here came in order to provide a better life for the generations that would come after them. And I'd say they succeeded in that. I'm thankful every day that they chose to leave their home countries in order to become citizens of this country. There's nowhere in the world that I'd rather live than right here in the good old U.S. of A. So we arrived in D.C. around five or six that night after driving all day, and we just dropped off our bags in the room and immediately left to go see the White House. We were only like four blocks away from President Unity's home, and we were excited to go see it. With us being in a Democrat-controlled city, I, of course, had to walk past about 10 tents that reeked of weed on the sidewalk with my wife and young children. You know, no big deal. The kids were rightfully nervous having to walk past that as if it's just a normal thing, but as I've said before, it is a normal thing now in Joe Biden's America. Anyways, we made sure to make uh, plans to check out one of the museums the next day before hitting the road. The National Archives Museum was the one that we picked because how could we pass up the chance to see the founding documents right there in person? Guys, let me tell you, when I walked into the Rotunda and I was just steps away from the Declaration, I was overwhelmed with emotion. It's no secret that I'm a sap and that I tend to get choked up from time to time. But standing in that room brought a tear to my eye. There's a huge mural that wraps around the room and it has all the founding fathers in the picture. Below that is one display case after another with some of the most important documents that have ever been written. It's a really cool setup, and at the center of it all, there's the Declaration, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. You can feel the greatness in that room. It was truly a humbling experience for me. We still had about seven hours left in our trip, so that left plenty of time to reflect on our experience in the nation's capital. I found myself circling back like Saki to a very nice conversation that I had with a friend of mine while I was back up north. The meat and potatoes of that conversation focused on religion and our roles as fathers raising our children. I've been friends with this guy for my entire life, and honestly, it was one of the most meaningful conversations we've ever had. It felt so nice to talk about something that actually matters, to share our fundamental moral beliefs and more importantly, to discuss them without pissing each other off. We both grew up Catholic, went to Catholic schools our whole lives, and have families of our own now. I shared with my friend the feeling that I had at a baptism a few years ago, and how that was the beginning of my journey back to the church. He shared his feelings, which, unfortunately, I'm aware is probably more common, that he believes in a higher power. But who's to say what that higher power is? And I get how or why he could feel that way. To me, the simple answer is that he hasn't spent enough time thinking about it. He hasn't paid attention to the words he said when he did go to Mass, and he most likely hasn't read from the Bible in 20-plus years now. The point that I kept coming back to was, if you fail this way, then why did you get your child baptized? Simple enough question, but it doesn't have a simple answer. Uh, um, uh, uh. Because it's just what you're supposed to do. That was the response that I got. And he's right. And I told him that's exactly why I got my kids baptized as well. But if you stop and listen to the words that are being said at a baptism, you'd understand that you're making a vow before God, before the church, and before your friends and family. You're making a promise to raise that child by a particular set of beliefs, by a particular set of moral principles. And you're making a promise to raise that child as a child of God. I think that the reason I kept thinking about my conversation with my friend after being in the same room as the founding documents is because those documents are also a vow and a promise made by some of the greatest men who have ever lived. Men in those days made vows that they believed in, and that they put a great deal of thought into. We don't live like that anymore. We have way too many distractions in our modern world. I'd argue that this is by design, but that's a rabbit hole for a whole nother day for us. But the point I'd like to make here is that we don't need to be great men that are ready to build a whole new country anymore. We just need to be better men than we are right now. We need to be men that understand the significance of making a vow and dedicating our lives to upholding the vows that are worth taking. And ladies and gentlemen, what's more important than honoring God committing your life to protecting and caring for your family, and preserving the values and principles that were at the root of creating the greatest country the world has ever known. All right, let's kick off the uh, show this week with the rights and wrongs of the week. Got a couple of them for you to get into, but uh, the first one on the docket today is going to be... you know the passing of pope benedict now i know um you know this is a story that's going around out there i will be honest with you and let you know that i'm not you know a, a expert in the pope benedict field i know a little bit um from you know some of the stories that have been going on you know since he just passed been trying to read up on it a little bit but the reason why i wanted to highlight it today Is specifically because one of his last wishes and the wishes of the Vatican were to have Joe Biden not come and attend his funeral. So that's the part of the story that I'd really like to focus on today. So you don't really need to know much else other than that. And we're going to give it the old right because uh, that is a great decision that they made. Now, why would they make a decision like that? Why would they put a request like that out there? Maybe it's because this guy goes around parading himself as a devout Catholic who also supports abortion on demand. He does not follow the code of Catholic doctrine. This man wants to use his Catholic in name only status to get out there and promote an image, yet he does not align his values or his beliefs with what the Catholic Church teaches or believes in or wants its members to to believe in and to to carry out their lives in service to. This man is is the exact opposite of the example of a Catholic. And he does him and Nancy Pelosi people like that do so much disservice to the Catholic faith out there when they walk around touting themselves as devout Catholics who also have been adamant vocal supporters of abortion on demand so that right there is is such a harmful position for an influential politician to hold and thankfully they see this for what it is they realize that the only reason he would want to attend this service would be for more um, PR purposes for another reason to try to again, Tout himself as a devout Catholic, even though he does not believe in the teachings of the Catholic Church, and this one holds, you know, near and dear to my heart because it it goes back to some of the stuff I was saying in the opening there in the monologue. But um, there's so many people, especially like I, I relate it to my hometown there up in Boston, where it's you know predominantly like a Catholic hotbed, I guess, or, or a very strong Catholic um, spot in this world. But I think it's littered with the people who are Catholic in name only and who don't believe in the vows that they took, who don't believe in teaching that and passing it on to their children. And that's the problem with the church. That's why so many people are falling off from it. That's why so many people are going away from it. And that's why we have people in my age group, like my friend that I mentioned, that get their kid baptized, probably get their kid First Communion and that's about it. They don't go to church every week. They don't raise them in that belief the way generations before us were, because they just fundamentally don't believe it anymore. And you look at people like a Biden, like a Pelosi, and you're like, hey, if that person can be a devote Catholic and then also try to explain in a, in a slippery, slithery kind of way how they can be a devote Catholic and also support abortion and people's choice to do that. Um, I think that message hits to people and I think, I think people hear it and I think they then lose a little bit of faith in their own beliefs. And that's why they waver from actually going every week and being a participant and being a true believer because they're like, ah, this, you know, look at this. It's a, you know, it's good one day. It's not good the next day. You can do it, you know, at church on Sunday, but you don't have to live it out the other six days of the week, blah, blah, blah. Um, Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the very black, very gay uh, press secretary for the president, she was asked about this, and uh, I think, Juice, you have that clip, right? Let's hear what she had to say. As the president said in his statement, as I'm sure you saw, he joins Catholics and so many others around the world in mourning the passing of Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI. He will always uh, remember uh, the Pope, generosity and, me- and meaningful conversation they had when he visited the Vatican in 2011. So to answer your question, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the Holy See, Joe Donnelly, will uh, represent the United States at the funeral of the Pope in line with the wishes of the late Pope and the Vatican. This is what, uh, this is what their requests were. This is what their wishes were. Uh, and so uh, that's what you'll see. I'm actually surprised that she said this is what their wishes are. This is what their wishes were. So she's, I guess she's not hiding from it. You know, she doesn't dig into why they wish that. Um, and that's what we did here on the right and wrong show. And like I said, they earned themselves a big fat right for that. Next. I am I, I, I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. So obviously everybody, you guys have all heard, uh, even if you're not into sports, I'm sure you've heard about the um, football player from the Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin. He was injured Monday night in and, uh, very scary, gruesome, uh, injury. He just, you know, making a, making a tackle of, uh, somebody from the Bengals, T Higgins, and they collided, you know, with the force of a car wreck, which is like a tackle in the NFL, just a regular tackle. Um, but it was a hard, impactful one. And he, uh, you know, he got up, took a step or not even, and then collapsed immediately afterwards. And, the scary part seeing the scene was the reactions from the players. Cause obviously you couldn't see a ton of what was going on with him, but um, they had to perform CPR on the field for him, which is something that, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, you know, the players were visibly shaken. There were players crying on the field. They just, it was not, not an enjoyable scene to watch. And I'm sure you've all heard about it by now. Um, and it has made the rounds, but What I'd like to focus on is the reaction to this happening on the web and on uh, Twitter specifically. And as soon as this was happening, you know, that was the trending story on Twitter. Everybody was making a comment about it, talking about it. And first off, the, you know, the thoughts and prayers from everybody, obviously. I appreciate that. Like, I I would, um, you know, I'd like to think that people that say that would actually say a prayer for that person, but I don't think they do. I think it's just something people say because as we've kind of touched on this whole episode, there's a complete void and lack of um, true belief and conviction in your religion um, for a lot of people these days. So do you actually believe in praying to God for somebody um, and think that that's going to help? Or do you just like to say that on Twitter? Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I think more people are in the uh, latter of those two. And the other thing that I saw was people... You know, questioning, is this something to do with the covid vaccination shots and people of the left side of the equation immediately reacting negatively to that question and hammering people for that? How dare you use somebody's medical situation like this to now make it a political statement about vaccines and blah, 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 blah. And it's okay to at least ask the question. Right. I mean. We don't know his status. I don't know if he's vaccinated or not. I don't think anybody does. I don't even know if that information has been released yet. So he could have, for all we know, he could never have gotten the injection, which is fine. But I don't think it's wrong to ask the question. And the point I heard made, which I, I'll I'll double down on, is that everybody else was is thinking that. There's people that, that was going through a lot of people's minds. Whether you agree that someone should think that or not is not the question. That's not the point. If, you, if you're if you curious, if you're wondering, why can't you ask that question? It doesn't change the fact that the man's seriously injured and hurt, but the question's being asked for a reason. It's not just out of the blue. It's being asked because there's been stories and, and countless examples of athletes all across the world just dropping for no reason. That you know, can be related back to inflamed heart conditions. Now, this man dropped on a field, needed CPR because of something going on with his heart. That's why people were making that connection. Now, these situations might not be the same as everything. This one was a head-on-head collision with somebody, full impact, so it's not like he was just standing still and collapsed. But it doesn't change the fact that it's okay to ask questions that's the left's mo in a nutshell is to prevent you from asking questions shout you down to not even be curious don't even don't question it blindly follow the science right um so that is what frustrated me with this whole story is god forbid anybody wonders what his vaccination status is if this could be related to that because This could happen to any one of us, something like that, if it is, in fact, vaccine-related. But again, we don't know this stuff yet, but at the time, I do think it's okay to ask and to speculate and to wonder. I mean, what else are you going to talk about? That's kind of what people do online. So at least it's somebody with a question, with a curiosity, with a question that might lead to prevention somewhere else, or at least to finding out more impactful information, as opposed to just the, wow, can't believe this happened. Thoughts and prayers. No, this is going on in the world. And unfortunately, when you see healthy, normal people getting heart inflammation after taking an experimental vaccine, that's going to be a question when you have just regular injuries too so this could like i said it could be non-vaccine related but it at least needs to be asked and the point i'm making here is that it's okay to ask that the left doesn't want you to ever ask and ever be curious so that to me tells me to be even more curious to ask even more questions because that's the only way we're going to find this stuff out next ask them question. I- Ask them ask them all right and there you have it ladies and gentlemen we got a a right and a wrong of the week for you guys this week and we appreciate all the kind words we get about that segment now there's only one more thing left to do on this episode and you know what that is let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling with the come on man segment of the day juice So it is that time in the show where we get to bring you guys a uh, noteworthy clip or two where it's just super cringable. And obviously, we don't really have anything else we could say to these people other than, come on, man, because it's just that ridiculous. So without further ado, let's jump right into it today. We got a couple of clips for you, uh, both courtesy of the libs of TikTok account. So these people are putting up their own videos saying this stuff loud and proud and the libs of TikTok simply just share their content for them, so they give them a bigger platform. So these people should be thanking the libs of t- TikTok account. Well, let's get to the first one, Juice. How about the, um, you know, the girl who thinks it's transphobic bigotry for somebody to not want to date a trans person? <laughs> yep. Let's hear what she has to say. I'm sure there's some great logic behind this, Juice. Not dating trans people is not a preference. Not dating blondes is a preference. Not dating people who are, I don't know, shorter than five, six is a preference. Not dating people with brown eyes is a preference. Being trans is not a specific characteristic. Thus, you can't label it as a preference. That's just called bigotry. No one's forcing you to date trans people, but don't cover up your discriminatory bias in the name of preference, because the logic doesn't add up. Like I've said in many a video, the logic of transphobia never ends up. <laughs> what? Like I've said in many a video. um, Like I've said in many an episode, you're a nut job. <laughs> yep, that's that's you, my friend. And it looks like the background, like, she might be even at, like, work or something. And she's kind of, like, using a hushed tone a little bit as she's recording this. So that's a, a story for another, another day. But uh, what are you talking about? If, uh, if I'm a man, I'm attracted to women. I'm not attracted to men who are dressed as women. Not adre- not attracted to somebody who believes they're a woman. You're attracted to actual women. So that's not bigotry. That's just normal. I I, I don't understand her logic there at all. And she thinks she's like smart with it. Like, like yep, got you guys there, you transphobes. No, you don't. And she's saying that, you know dating only not wanting to date blondes as a preference not wanting to date whatever else she listed there i wonder if she would say like you know a white guy not wanting to date a black girl that's just a preference or so she'd probably call that racist and bigotry as well so how is the color of someone's skin different than the color of someone's hair um how is you know someone being tall different than someone being short someone being skinny different than someone being fat like if if you have those different preferences as she calls it like that then that's going to be what you're attracted to um if you're attracted to to women you're going to be attracted to women you're not going to be attracted to someone who's playing make-believe woman and actually has a johnson under their pants so i don't know what her point is there that it's discriminatory evil in in to not want to date a trans woman this lady's absolutely tapped in it's another uh, one of those examples to go back to the monologue about having uh, too many other distractions in our world these days, this modern world we live in. This is the type of stuff people focus on and spend their time thinking about, philosophizing about <laughs> um, and, and that's what she's wasting her time in her. Any you know thought, space in her head for something more important is being dedicated to the bigotry of people who don't want to date trans people. What an absolute joke. Alright, Juice. What about the other one we got here? It's another nut job on Libs of TikTok. Let's see what this one had to say. Juice? I will no longer call a person queer if I don't see them participating in queer politic. You're gay. Sure, you're gay. That is not the same as queer. If you haven't put a mask on in a week, not queer. You're just not queer. You're not. Queerness is supposed to be radical. It's supposed to be about supporting each other, helping each other, and making sure that we like lift up from the most vulnerable of our community. A lot of you gays are not acting like queers right now, so I'm not going to call you queer. What? Like, what is that in the in the clip on there? It's uh, labeled "just saying the quiet part out loud," and that's so true. Your your last little uh, back and forth there, that whole queer thing, that that was actually pretty funny. I- <laughs> How about the fact that this person throws in, you're not queer if you haven't worn a mask in a week? How does that have to do with being queer, gay, trans, anything, any of the, all of the above? How does mask wearing have to do with being queer? I I don't know, but I guess it's a queer movement, according to this person, and the gays aren't, aren't queer enough if they don't stand for all of this stuff? What? And... That, again, is part of the problem, I think, with like the whole trans nonsense that's going on in in the drag queen story hour stuff and all of that. I've had like a, a suspicion for a while now that there's plenty of just for lack of a better term, just standard, regular gay people out there, right, who just want to live their lives, might be attracted to somebody from the same sex and, you know, just. Wants to quietly go about their business um, the same way like a a heterosexual couple couple would, would do. You know, they're not trying to draw any extra attention to themselves. They're not trying to make a big show of it. They just simply are who they are. And that's the person that they're with. I think people that are like that get dragged into all this other nonsense because of people like that nut job in the video we played. You know, if you're just a simple gay couple and that doesn't define who you are that doesn't make up your entire image um, and what you project to the rest of the world, then you're not good enough for the queer community as she calls it. You're not queer. She can't call you queer. And that's just absurd. That's why we're in the spot we're in, I think. And it has become the LGBTQ plus Y apostrophe movement because everyone just keeps adding on to that. And I think the original, you know, just, Again, standard, just regular run of the mill gay people feel like they have to adopt these people into their same, you know, cause, I guess, or their same mindset. They, they, I feel like they feel like they have to bring in these other groups because they're marginalized and not understood and not listened to the way that, you know, maybe your run of the mill gay person was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. So it's not that. of the ordinary anymore it's not that strange people don't react you know any differently to to like a, a gay person anymore there's not the same disdain out there that there was at one point in this world in this country just like racism there's not the same disdain for other races that there was in you know outright just cruelty displayed to towards gay people or minorities that there has been at one point in this in this country, it's just not there anymore. So, I think the movement just goes further and further and further and further um, down the shock factor of things, because they still want to have that marginalized, you know, mindset and energy, and you know that's what keeps their base motivated and and gets people out to like vote because they're told. How awful and bigoted this world is and transphobic and homophobic and racist it is when in reality we're a pretty accepting country, pretty, um, you know, anybody can be anything they want to be here. And it's a lot of projection from these other groups. And that right there is a perfect example of it because it's somebody that just needs the next step, needs to keep fighting something where they'll even adopt something as wearing a stupid mask because St. Fauci told you to as now being part of the queer movement. So it really doesn't have to do with sexuality. It just has to do with upsetting the uh, the standards, upsetting the norms. And that's what it's always been about. And once they're accepted, it's never enough. Then you have to take that next step and the next step and the next and that's why it's become more and more shocking and more and more revolting for us. Um, and that's why we got grown ass men dressing up as cartoonish looking women to come read stories to your five and six year old kids at a library. So, with all that being said, you two crazy TikTokers, I have nothing else to say to you guys today except come on, man. And that'll do it for today's show. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure being back. It's been great joining you guys again after our holiday break. So stay tuned for more stuff next week from us. And don't forget, share that show for us. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe everywhere that we have our stuff out there. I guess I have nothing else to say to you guys except thanks for having me. show is produced by juice executive producer juice audio mixer is juice hair by skull shavers wardrobe and makeup by ashley Ruka. right and wrong song created by juice the right and wrong show is copyright 2022 from brian Ruka.